1: Hi, right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Campus Potato Port Challenge. This is Johnny Clark, the hardest rookie man in sports radio here you know, on a Sunday morning with dropping sun. Back at 10 o'clock, but we actually have to push it to 10.30. we had yeah, a little problem there with Claremont getting in on time, so we went ahead and have it up a half hour. Also, here in oh my god. No one knows how to drive up. As it's slammed on the floor, I'm And I got caught in the gridlock on the streetway. Literally, it's a lot. And this is a little thing, unfortunately. We were you can turn it up on the grid. We were scheduled there's a recovery game. But that's the only why we keep working for me in case like that happens. As the Raleigh Eagles were in action against the tactic Mustangs on Friday night, and unfortunately, sunny couldn't make it because of the snow and the ice. I mean, people in this town, here in the big double-A, double L A S cannot drive. It, it, you know, I, let me rephrase that, in snow. Just can't, can't do it, and uh, I was caught in the middle of it, out on the freeway. Those that know that area know what happened here, especially locally here with my locals. I was just stuck in traffic here, how am I going to get to this ball game, <laughs> and didn't even come close, I didn't even, I didn't even roll back into town until like, it was like, almost nine o'clock, and the games were over, and I, yeah, it is just one of those things, you gotta love, you gotta love the weather, you gotta love everything, but, that having been said, the Raleigh Eagles did get a victory over the Saxe Mustangs, got that victory, and uh, we will be on air on Tuesday, as the Rally at Eagles take on the Lakeview Centennial Patriots at Lakeview Centennial. Uh, coverage of that on the Couch Potato Sports Show starts at 6.30 with the pregame show, and then we will hop into the regular play-by-play on that one. Yesterday, first round of the wild card in the NFL. Saw two games that weren't very hard to pick. I used my heart, although I didn't think that they'd win the Raiders. I hope the Raiders figured out a way to win against the Texans. That didn't happen. And then the Lions go over to Seattle, and they get beat there. And that game was more of a game where I saw a lot of that game. And since that game came in, and I had the opportunity to watch a little bit more of that one than the first one, uh, we we saw an interesting game there. We saw a lot of excuse making, but I mean, I'm going to put it on here. I, you know, the excuse making. the Lions could have won that game if anybody could catch the ball in the first half. Now, is the ball uh, coming from Matthew Stafford, who has the middle finger on his throwing hand all taped up and not? Could they be not perfect? Yes. But man, oh man, Ibran dropped. Many passes yesterday, and the Detroit Lions, and that's who, for those in my local area here, wanted, hey, Jerry Jones wanted the Detroit Lions again. After they, they you know, whipped them up pretty well over here at Arlington Stadium. And he wanted them bad, guys, I'm telling you. I was listening to the Jerry Jones show, happened to which I don't normally catch, but I happened to be going home and I was listening to Jerry Jones, and he wanted the Detroit Lions. He did not want the Seattle Seahawks, and so you can't blame him because I'm going to tell you that the the only team I think that really can go in there in the NFC, you can talk about the the Packers. I just don't trust this team. I don't care how many games they won to make it. And to win the NFC North, I don't care. They're going to host the home game. I don't care. I don't trust them, and I don't trust them because of their defense. And whatever happened, Aaron Rodgers, you know, playing many teams up until that point, in order many that weren't even playoff teams. You know, I I, I don't give any credence to it. So since there's no credence to whether or not Aaron Rodgers can get the job done in the last, you know, what six games that they had to win in a row, this is a different ballgame, and everybody knows it. All you got to do is listen to the analysts who were professional football players at the time. They come out and they say it all of the time. Now, when it gets to the playoffs, it's even a different game. You have the playoffs, you have the regular season, and you have are the preseason, the regular season, and playoffs, and they're all totally different. Almost everybody, as far as any kind of analyst, any kind of former football player, and Tom McManus has said up on this show on many times, it is a different game. And that's the reason why Connor Cook couldn't get anything done. He had a shot if this was the regular season. I wanted to see the Raiders win. I wanted to see the Raiders win for the fans. But I'm going to tell you, as I watched this, as I watched the the highlights of that game, because I got stuck at work yesterday. As I watched the highlights of this game, you know Brock Osweiler. And, and folks, we go back four weeks when Brock Osweiler was benched. I told everybody, you got Brock Osweiler if they made the playoffs was going to be the starting quarterback of this football team. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. Everybody poo-pooed that idea. Oh, he's so awful. Yeah, he's awful, but listen, when you spend that kind of money on a guy, you are going to get a guy, you're going to get a team that's going to pony up the bus, this is where he's supposed to make his bucks. Now, there's a love affair with Brock Osweiler down in Houston after getting past the first round. I'm going to tell you right now, if Houston can figure out how to get past the second round, I'm going to tell you there's going to be a lot of things to be talked about, whether it's Brock Osweiler, um, you know, what he did and everything else. But I, I don't generally think that happens. But imagine if that does happen. Brock Osweiler, again, a month ago, I said this guy was going to be the starting quarterback. Everybody looked at me and said, Sonny, you don't know what you're talking about. Savage, you know, he's not doing too horrible. Well, guess what? There was Brock Osweiler in the starting position, right where I thought he would be, and you know, and he got the job done. Man, getting to the second oh, round—that'd be crazy. Know. But let's do this. Let's bring on the so fine co-hosts of this program. And it's where, how on a Sunday morning. That being said, our new time kicked off 10 a.m. We waited until 10:30 to get in the man that is. Quervo, good morning Cuervo. Happy Sunday to you.
0: And happy Sunday to you as well, Sonny. How you doing?
1: I'm, 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 I don't know if you can hear it or not. I can hear it in my head. I got that that stuffed up thing going on, but you know, we'll just battle through that like we always do. Um, But uh, interesting set of games yesterday. Uh, Brock Osweiler coming out and did what he did. I mean, and now everybody loves Brock Osweiler after they get the victory. Now, you know, I wanted the Raiders. I kind of went with my pick as a heart pick. and had nothing to do. I know who Connor Cook is. I knew Connor Cook didn't take a snap during the regular season. I knew I just wanted to see the Oakland Raiders win, baby, win. Uh, And shock that one stat that I heard, I turned on. Mike and Mike for about 15 minutes one day, and I heard the stat that no home team with the number one defense has ever lost a first round playoff game. And I just wanted to ignore that, especially because it was the Texans and Brock Osweiler.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's a hard thing to ignore, though, Sonny. I mean, that's a, that's a very telling uh, stat. And, you know, I mean, Carrying into the second round, um, chances are they're going to play the New England Patriots, I'm kind of giving away um, one of my picks for today. But, you know, I, I think that number one defense team is kind of, yeah, it'll work for the first round in this, in this situation. But after that, it's, it's not going to really do much. But, you know, I, I like to in this game, Sonny. I, mean, I would have picked the Raiders too. I would have if Derek Carr was playing.
1: Because Derek
0: Carr didn't play. You know, I I, I just couldn't do it. I could not go with the Raiders. I didn't feel good enough to pull the trigger on taking the Raiders. So I went with the safe pick. And, and, you know, believe it or not, I mean, all those people that were like, you know, I heard you just mention it about Osweiler that he shouldn't come back. Um, Let me tell you something. If you, all those people that said that, if you were in the GM shoes and you're paying somebody $72 million to play quarterback for your football team and he's healthy enough to do it, you're going to make him go out there and earn his portion of that $72 million. I don't know he about would you, Sonny, but I know I would do that. I know I would. <clears throat>
1: Uh, you would think, and and, and the, the the simple fact of the matter is, is when people look at Brock Osweiler, okay, they have a tendency to see what he did in uh, in Denver, which wasn't horrible. Granted, it wasn't worth seventy two million, uh, but the but really, when you looked at the Houston Texans, did you have a choice? I mean, they didn't have anybody there. The amount of money, I guess, you look at that and go, well, okay, yeah. Uh, maybe the money, but as far as personnel is concerned and who was out there, there wasn't anybody out there. And that's what happens in the NFL, because when a football team finds their franchise quarterback or finds that guy, finds the guy that could get the job done to keep him. And John Elway, as much as I dislike this guy, first of all, number one, I, I, I think this guy's an arrogant jerk, but, you, you can say whatever you want. He pulled the plug on Tebow. He pulled the plug on Osweiler. Was it the right thing? I don't know. I mean, look at where Denver is now. Not in the playoffs this year. Was it? Was it a mistake? You can you can always argue that point uh, with Trevor Swit- and having somewhat of a you know successful season in his second year. If it was any other football team besides the Denver Broncos, there, Cuervo. Oh
0: yeah, and I mean. It, it, but that's just the way John Elway does business, though, Sonny. I mean, he's not hes not going to be a guy that goes out and spends the big it, – it's kind of similar to what New England does. There are a couple of exceptions, but, you know, they're not going to be a team that goes out and pays – overpays for guys that they don't feel it's worth. I'm going to tell you right now, Sonny, and, and, and people are going to be mind-blown by this. Speaking of the Patriots – I don't know how much longer Rob Gronkowski is a Patriot. I'm telling you straight up. I don't know. I, I, I don't see them committing to him long-term. I don't see it happening. And that's a prime example of just, that's just the way the business goes sometimes. But at the same time, that's why the Patriots are so successful because they don't, the emotional investment is, is not there. They, they understand the business. You know? So with that being said, you know, John Elway kind of mirrors that same approach. And that's why you saw guys walk away like Brock Osweiler. That's why you saw, um, you know, them getting rid of other individuals. Um, and, and I'm sure they're going to get rid of more in the near future. So that that's just the way – that's how some teams are just – they continue to they get the most for their money and some guy some teams they just they invest in guys emotionally and, and that's that's what hurts you
1: and if you invested emotionally in Brock Osweiler it might have been a problem I don't know I you know I, I still go back to the fact could they be there but you know, also take a look at Denver. Okay, they spend money on guys. Look at Von Miller. Look at the uh, on the defensive side. Look at Demarcus Ware. When he went over there a couple of years back, as well. So they spend money on guys that are proven guys. And Brock Osweiler wasn't a proven guy. So they moved away from the Brock Osweiler, which is quite shocking. With to see what's going to be going on next year. Trevor Simeon probably going to be in a different uniform. Yes, next year. I don't see. There's no way. Okay, first of all. There's no way that you can necessarily see Trevor Simeon being the guy in Denver after they trade off Brock Osweiler. Now, I don't know what's available or who will be able to be grabbed. You know, we always talk about a Tony Romo. He's always going to be a guy that can be available. Um, but something tells me that Trevor Simeon is going to be on a different football team next year. And the Denver Broncos will have a more reliable source at the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, all, I, and I think I think Paxton Lynch is, is the answer for them. At least they think that that it is. So, I mean, they, don't forget, Sonny, They you know they trade back in the first round to get Paxton Lynch. Um, and when John Elway makes a move like that, you know that that tells you when any team does that. It tells you that that's a guy that they have a lot of confidence in. They have a lot of uh, belief in. They believe that that guy, you know Paxton Lynch could be the quarterback. The future of the Denver Broncos, and that's why I fully believe all these um, stories and all these, all these. Everybody saying that Tony Romo is going to go to the Denver Broncos. I there's multiple reasons why I don't see that happening. You know, I agree. Number one, you, you got Pax Lynch there. This is a guy that LA loves, and I'm sure they're they're going to do everything in their power to push him to be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And number two, we just talked about it. You know, yes, Tony Romo is a proven quarterback. At the same time, though, Sonny, I mean, what are the results of what Tony Romo has done? It's not very impressive. And to sit there and 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 I know Romo's going to ask for, I would say probably at least $15 million a year if I had to guess. There's no way John L. was paying that type of money to a guy like Tony Romo, Uh, especially if they believe in taxing Lynch that much, Sonny, Tony Romo is going to be the backup. Why He's didn't they play the Paxton
1: Lynch more this year? I mean, really, if he was the answer, knowing what's going on in this, this season, why wouldn't a team like that put – Pax and Lynch in the game more. I mean, obviously they I, came into the season looking at Trevor Simeon as their starter, which you know, granted it, it's a great story, okay, but taking away from the fact of the 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 fact, this guy didn't play it down in the NFL. What's the difference between a Pax and Lynch and a, and a Trevor Simeon? Well, Trevor
0: Simeon was like a, I think like a fifth round pick, so of course they're they're going to ride the coattails of that fifth round pick who's making three hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever he's making, six hundred thousand dollars a year as opposed to the guy that you drafted in the first who's getting paid nine hundred thousand and you know, you might you might as well get what you can out of the cheaper guy and then once once it's done, then you know, you, you get rid of him. And, and then you go with then you go with the next best thing, which is when you tax and lunch next
1: year. It'll be interesting to see where the Broncos go. Uh, Games yesterday, uh, let's start with the the early game. It was the Oakland-Houston game that started the day out. Um, I wasn't, you know, obviously, you know, with us, we were going to try to do a show. I got stuck at work. I didn't get home until like right when it was getting into the fourth quarter, Uh, right right when it was getting interesting in reality, Um, but, you take away from this game, you saw a better football team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, um, Put just put pressure on the new uh, new quarterbacking, Connor Cook at the quarterback position. It's really all they needed to do in this game in order to get the victory, but it's going to be a much different situation in the second round.
0: Oh, much, but much different, Sonny. I mean, it, whether they play Kansas City or they play New England, I mean, you're talking about a huge – Upgrade of just overall team, especially if they play. If they wind up drawing Kansas City, oh boy, Sonny, that 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 defense, that that Chiefs defense is pretty brutal, and and they're going to be going after Osweiler. I mean, I could see him having a four turnover day against the team like the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, and on the road on top of all of that. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be a huge difference from what he faced in the first round. So. Uh, you might want to get, start doing some homework there, Brock Osweiler, because it's not going to get any easier.
1: Yeah, this is the time of the year where studying film, if you're a new guy or a young guy, it is very important for them as far as their success within the playoffs. And knowing what could be coming their way, you're absolutely right. Second game of the Detroit Lions, the first touchdown, frankly, I, you know, they, they missed a bad, bad call on the face, Max. I'm sorry, I saw it. And with Sunny Season it you know, I saw the play. Now, I didn't see initial, I just saw the initial catch. But, man, even after they played the replay, they didn't mention anything about a face mask. I'm sitting here going, that guy's hanging in the mask all day long. It wasn't on purpose, I get that. But the Lions was out there. There were a couple of plays out there out on the football field. The Lions uh, really wish they had that. But Eric Abrams not hold on to the football. How many drop passes did that guy have yesterday? That could I think that was another yet a big reason why the Detroit Lions didn't win that football game as well.
0: Yeah, you know, and I just I just felt like the offensively, Sonny, they just they didn't have any rhythm at all. You know, Seattle, uh, obviously, when they're at home, their defense is uh, a, a lot better, and it just kind of felt like, eh, we're going to be fine without Earl Thomas. That was the feeling, you know, with that Seahawks defense, you know. Yeah, it sucks that they're yeah. not, they don't have him, but, you know, it, 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 it kind of feels like we're going to be all right. you know, he he's, you know, he's going to be able to support us in different ways other than being on the field. So, but I mean, honestly, Sonny, I, this is just my opinion. We saw the NFC representative in that game last night for Super Bowl 51.
1: Well, the Atlanta Falcons have something to say about that because it looks like Seattle is going to be heading that way. Uh, that's going to be a big big question in the Georgia Dome, so that's going to be huge. Um, but you, you looked at Seattle. They looked really good. But, you know, I go back just as much as you said about the caliber of the game is so much different in the AFC. Same thing for Seattle. When they go up on the road, they are taking on Atlanta. That, that game has been set because of who won. That have I, I don't know. I don't right. know if Seattle can go in there and do that. I, I and I, this year, I and, and we saw a Russell Wilson that could win a football game hurt. This year, this guy's hurt. I don't care what anybody has to say about Russell Wilson. This guy needs another year off from whatever was that happened to him last year, Cuervo, because this guy is not the same quarterback that we've seen. He's done everything that Joe Flacco has done five uh, years, five uh, years in the playoffs. And another uh, guy from back in the er early years, Um, this guy is one thing Seattle can do is figure out how to get a good win. But, Atlanta is a different football team. Atlanta has those weapons. Atlanta has the uh, quarterback that can deliver the ball, unlike on the other side when you took a look at what Seattle was dealing with yesterday um, against the Detroit Lions and say whatever you want about Matthew Stafford, that – Split had a lot to do with that football game and it's had a lot to do with the last four games of the season when he got hurt uh, they, they lose four games in a row uh, heading right on out the season this year um, and it goes directly to a throwing hand injury that Matthew Stafford has and you've just seen a different Matthew Stafford or I think we could have seen a different football game yesterday
0: yeah it was just you know it was, it's real unfortunate the way the Lions ended their season Sonny I and mean, you, you mentioned four game losing streak I mean, it, it's it's hard to end the season like that and then, you know, expect to win a, a game like the that, that game against, you know, going to the 12th man. It, it's just hard to do. It's just really hard to do. You can't, you have to have that momentum when you're going in the playoffs. And unfortunately for for the Lions, it was, they backed into the playoffs. Um, so, you know, only because they, they did so well in, September, October, November is the reason they were still coming in January. And you know, had, had it been the opposite, kinda of like, you know, what the Green Bay or, or the Giants have done where they, they got hot later, then maybe we would have seen a different outcome. Maybe we would have seen Detroit go into, into Seattle and and pull off a victory. It's just you know, but but Detroit unfortunately they got cold at the wrong time. So I mean and that's what happens. You have to be you have to have some good momentum going into the playoffs or else you're going to be one and done. And that's what we saw last night with the Detroit Lions.
1: Yeah, I would like to see them win the game into the playoffs. It's been a while since they're there, but I'll tell you, Rawls was crazy in that game. He played well, but they did get hey, before this game even started. I I, I heard Pete Carroll says we're going to run the ball, and that's what they did. They ran the ball um, and got some good moves from uh, Rawls uh, that led them to that victory without question. Crazy catch by Richardson in the t in the end zone for the touchdown. Um, so Brock Osweiler leading the uh, Texans over the Raiders, which brings a lot of questions later on as far as that's concerned, where they're going to be. But going into the season, I mean, the Browns hired Greg Williams as the new defensive coordinator for the Browns. Is it going to help?
0: Mm, uh, I mean, with the Browns, I mean, I think
1: anything really helps.
0: Uh, and as long as, as long as he can keep his nose clean and, and not, and not, try any type of shady stuff over there in Cleveland. I and mean, they they need all the help they can get. I mean the last thing you want to do is try and uh try and do any type of fishy uh things over there. So they they just have to get right. They have to get right and maybe Greg Williams could be a good hire. I mean potentially, I mean you look at the Rams defense though last year this past year and um and it I mean it wasn't it wasn't very impressive so uh, but, again, when you're talking about the Browns, Sonny Anything is better than what they had before So, uh, I hate to put it that way But it's the truth So, I don't know it, it, it could wind up working out maybe for a little while
1: Kyle Shanahan, he goes ahead And he interviews with John Elway For that job over in um, in Buffalo I, I don't know Is Kyle Shanahan ready to take that step up? From the shadows of his father to be a head coach, uh, and Mark, he might have been a head coach. I don't remember. I know he's always been a, a, a coordinator, but I, I don't know if he has actually taken that big step. But um, Shanahan, right now, if I'm not mistaken, is in Atlanta, uh, interviews for the Buccaneers uh, for the Broncos job. Um, I, I, I look at all the court like coaches that can be available, that makes sense. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to talk about Bill Coward. This guy, if he was going to come back to coaching, he would have done it maybe a couple years ago. I'm not going to go back to, um, oh geez, the one on ESPN. I'm not going to go to him. I see his face. Um, but uh, I, he's not going to come back. Uh, th- this might be, could this be the right move for the Broncos heading into next year as uh, Kyle Shanahan as the leader of the pack up there for the Broncos?
0: I think it could, Sonny. I, mean, I mean, you know, this is a guy that obviously probably has known John Elway his whole life, obviously because you know his father coached Elway when he was younger. So, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, Bill Power, John Gruden is who you were thinking of. I don't see him. I don't see either one of those guys coming back to coach. Um, but you know, I, I, I think I think it could work. I mean, this is a, he's a, he's an offensive minded guy, and that's the part of the Denver Broncos that needs the most work is offensively. And when I mean, you see what, what he's done in Atlanta, as you mentioned, I mean, um, you know, but Atlanta's offense has always been good, Sonia. And I, but I think this year you saw a lot more um, a lot more I guess confidence. You've seen a lot more different things with this, the Falcons offense. And he kind of took that offense to, another, to the next level and um could really help out in in this in this uh playoff run, because you know for the Falcons i mean we we always talk about the same thing with them we we already know their offense is great, but let's see what their defense can do that's going to be the key next week when they when Seattle comes to town is how can that defense are they going to be able to stop uh look at you look what Thomas Rawls did last night I mean. He was hurt most of the year, but when it counted, I mean, he, he showed up, had over 150 yards rushing. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's, it was surprising to me, but I mean, that's what big time teams do. They show up when they need to show up. And, um, you know, can Atlanta's defense slow that down? going could be the key.
1: I think they also made a statement. I mean, one of the big questions, I mean, you look at Richard Sherman as far as the Seattle Seahawks are concerned. One of the big talks over there is the play calling has been in question. I've been talking about it all year long, the relationship and everything else think they established that they will run the ball still in the red zone. Uh, but at the same time, it's a great setup for a great big play at some point where you think they're going to run the football and they'll end up passing it. It'll be really interesting to see how the rest of the season goes out with Seattle in the red zone. Because the first question I had during the game, and I, uh, I had it – just a little bit before Al Michaels made mention of it you know, in the play and then the sideline look over to Richard Sherman on third down where they run the ball and get stopped, but then they run it on fourth down and get the touchdown. Um, I think we, we, we see a good setup for a good story later on. Maybe on second or third down they throw the ball instead of trying to run it in and trying to get the touchdown. I think they're setting it up for a big play and a big thing that they can talk about this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see, Sonny, how the play calling, you know, changes as the weeks go by that Seattle's in, in the postseason. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, sometimes you just – you learn certain lessons, Sonny. And for Pete Carroll, it kind of seemed like he didn't learn that lesson, just run the football. But um, maybe in the playoffs he'll change his mind and maybe he'll actually do it. Uh uh we'll we'll see. It's gonna come down to, you know, situational football. It's it's a cliched thing to say, but um that's that's what it really comes down to when it comes to the playoffs, honey. I mean, and who's gonna be who's gonna make the better decisions and and um yeah, uh, utilizing the right plays at the right time.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Here's what we're going to do. We did the first half hour, and so we're going to kick it into our uh commercials. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about Josh McDaniels, where he could be next year, and then we're going to get into the games that are happening. Two games happening here today uh in the NFL as the good games, I think uh Miami and Pittsburgh and then the New York Giants at Green Bay. We'll do that. We'll take the quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And when we come back, we'll talk a little Josh McDaniels before we kick it right in to the, um, to the, the games of the week here today on Sunday. We'll do that on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. That's five star HBAC contractors serving REL 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 214 457 8441. Call the experts at five star HBAC contractors. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, This is Sonny Clark, radio voice at your Rally at Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Bootcamp. What makes Fit Body Bootcamp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. Couch potato, just watching sure here on a Sunday morning. And that being said, as we get set to go into the games so, that uh, are happening here today, two big ones in the wild card of the week. That's always an interesting week. Saturday and Sunday, four games. it's Kind of hard to watch those games, by the way. If you're a red zone guy, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Uh, so many commercials, but that is what it is during the regular season. And during uh, the playoffs, if you don't have the red zone. So, uh, red zone definitely making the games a little bit more entertaining for us. Uh, Now, two things going on over in the 49ers, and I wanted to talk a little bit about it. Josh McDaniels, uh, he interviews for an open job uh, over there. I don't know how that really sits. With Bill Belichick, I mean, thinking of it as business as usual, I don't know. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts uh, vice president of football operation, Jimmy Ray, he interviews for the GM job. Um, so you're talking about two teams on Totally different spectrums. Talking about the Indianapolis Colts, uh, who obviously didn't make the playoffs this year, should have had playoff expectations uh, going into the season. It didn't happen. San Francisco is looking at him. Uh, Looking at the head coaching job, though, um, I I looked at Josh McDaniels as that guy who – you know, gets the opportunity because he's with Bill Belichick. This is a guy that, man, I I don't know why he would end up doing this more than anything is maybe to get a raise because if he's going to sit there somewhat sooner or later, someone's going to have to take over this team for Bill Belichick. I don't know if this guy guy has another five years in him, um, but I mean, I would think that if I'm Josh McDaniels, I'm kind of saying, Hey, I need three or four years to be able to put together this football team talking about the 49ers in order to get them anywhere near where we need to get them to win. Um, that we've been saying, Cuervo, two big moves for the 49ers. Um, it, it is the front office of this um, team, the owners of this team, ready to step aside to take their egos to the side and let someone else do it because this is obviously the big thing that's going on in San Francisco, at least in my opinion. When I look at that franchise and where it's gone underneath the new ownership, uh, the fact that they get rid of Jim Harbaugh, make some other personnel moves that are definitely questionable, obviously, Um, uh, this is a franchise who has that storied history. They need to get back to the greatness of what they are.
0: Yeah, well, <clears throat> for the 49ers, yeah. And, and I think they did it the right way. I mean, you know, they're, they're trying to, like you said, restore the, the history that they have and, um, you know, be that great franchise that they once were. But um, it wasn't going to happen unless they got rid of that, that GM because the problem with the GMs, I mean, we saw it when Jim Harbaugh got fired was, you know, he, he was crying about not, get, not getting the credit that he felt he deserved. Well, guess what? Nobody yep. – why are you worried about that? All you should be worried about is winning championships, dude. Like, who cares who gets the credit? You're part of it. You get a ring. Your name is in the history books you know, for that Super Bowl championship if you ever got to that point. Why are you so concerned with, well, I want all the credit. I want to – if that's the case, dude, you're in the wrong business. Straight up, you're in the wrong business. Because i tell you right now, as a player, yes, Football is the ultimate team sport, but a lot of people that wear the suits, they don't think of it the same way. But it is. It's a team effort. And that's what these these guys wearing these business suits have to look at it as. It's, you have to work together as a team to build that championship roster so you can go out there and, and compete for the Super Bowl and compete, you know, for AFC, NFC championships, whatever. This whole individuality stuff dude if you keep if you continue to think that way you're in the wrong business and, and 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 kudos to the 49ers they I mean it took them forever but they finally realized okay this GM is not working um, he, he's, he's too much about himself taking credit dude you're out of here so um, you know they got to find guys that are that are not concerned with you know personal accolades and and and, and things like that, that are worried about what's best for the franchise. And that's, that was the thing about the 49ers back in the day, Sonny, is they didn't have guys that were like, oh, I want the credit, I want the credit. It was it was about the guys to the left and to the right. It wasn't about themselves. Absolutely. And that's what they have to get back to, or else they're never going to be that 49ers dynasty that they once were with Montana and Steve Young and all those guys. It
1: is the looking at the quarterback, Josh McDaniels, or the uh, head coaching, Josh McDaniels, you think that's the right hire for this team? I mean, Josh McDaniels did not have a lot of success as a head coach over in Denver when he was the head coach. Um, so the question there lies, uh, is he capable of being the head coach for any other team besides the New England Patriots? I don't think he's, I don't think he's capable of
0: coaching, not even New England. I just don't, I don't, I don't get a good feeling for him as a head coach, Sonny. The problem that I see with Josh McDaniels is his his ego. His ego is going to get in his way of being a good coach. I think he can be a good coach. but His ego will hold him back because same thing that we were just talking about with with the GM in San Francisco, not necessarily that he's worried about taking out the credit for stuff, but I think it's, it's kind of like, um, because the problem, you know, in Denver with with Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall and all those guys was that, you know, he, um, he kind of, and he ran, I mean, he, he ran him out. He ran him out because of his attitude and, and the way he was treating the players. So uh, I think that's what's going to hold him back. And, uh, I, I just don't know. I mean, the only way would be if Bill Belichick knocked some sense into him, literally knocked some sense into him, to make him realize that he needed he, – if he's going to be a head coach, he's got to change his attitude. If he doesn't do that, well, thing, I, don't know. I, I don't think he's going to be very good.
1: You know, that's a very interesting thing when I look at that, Cuervo. I, I look at Josh McDaniels as not a guy that, you know – He's back on the Patriots for a reason. Okay, they're back to being successful uh, when he wasn't in Denver. They're right back at doing what they were doing. Uh, Maybe, maybe it's not Josh McDaniels. Maybe it is his. Maybe it's his boss. Maybe, maybe Bill Belichick is what gives this guy the way who he is, and he's just emulating who he sees every single day. And the I don't give a nonsense you know, attitude, you know, about certain things. That's the way we're going to do it, and that's how we're going to handle it. If you don't like it, you'll be off the scene. It it reminds me of Bill Belichick. I mean, when I think about what Josh McDaniels went, through. As the head coach of the Denver Broncos, I think that was Bill Belichick. That was an attitude that he had. Has it changed since then? I don't know. Who watches Josh McDaniels on the sideline except maybe a camera here and there in the NFL? We don't know what kind of guy this is because Bill Belichick don't let him talk. Um, so, it, it's an interesting sit, situation um, because I looked at that experiment over in Denver saying out of all the coaches that came out of you know, New England, underneath the Bill Belichick era, how no one's had success. If I was thinking anybody would have success, it's Josh McDaniels. But maybe the, you know, I don't know. you think he emulates a little bit too much from the head coach over there with Bill Belichick, or is it just a him thing? I don't know, because let's be honest, Squareville, when that guy's in New England, that, that football team's successful. He's the offensive coordinator. Bill Belichick doesn't get his nose in there very often. You, you see that on the sideline. Now, the defense, he does. Um, but I don't think we see a lot of Bill Belichick getting involved very much in play calling.
0: No, he doesn't. I mean, he allows his coordinators to, <clears throat>
1: unlike some coaches, he allows his coordinators to do
0: their job. You know, and, and that's his slogan, do your job. And that's why Bill Belichick doesn't really get too involved because because he allows everybody to do their job. And, and that's all Bill Belichick asks for. And, and – you know it's it's funny because sometimes the simplest things mean the most, and I think that's why New England and well, one of the many reasons why New England is successful year in and year out because they keep it simple. All you have to do is your job, your part, your responsibility, and you're gonna you're gonna be successful. you don't worry about what the guy to your left and to your right is doing. I mean yeah you you you, you I mean, you're paying attention and you help out or whatever, but, you know, but at the same time you make sure that you're doing your job first and then you go beyond that and, and go and, and help other people be able to do their job. So, um, but, you know, I mean, maybe Josh McDaniels, cause it's been, it's been what, eight years now, nine years since he was the head coach in Denver or something like that. It's been, been quite a few years, Sonny. I mean, it could be a situation now where maybe, maybe McDaniels at the time, maybe he was too young uh, to go off on his own and, and be a head coach. And maybe he's learned some things since then. You know, maybe now, maybe now he's ready to go because he's matured and, and maybe he's humbled a little bit more and, and he'll know how to handle players a little bit better. I think if he does get a head coach, coaching job, the 49ers would be a good fit because you're talking about a team, a franchise, not just on the player side of the, of the team, but even in the front office where they fired their head coach, they fired the GM. They're rebuilding as I mean, from every from the top. They're rebuilding from the top. So I suppose if if they're going if he's gonna try and get another head coaching gig, maybe going into a situation that isn't already implemented is is probably best for him. So that way he can develop and, and put in his own uh, style as opposed to, hey, all we need you to do is just fill this role. Don't try and change anything. No. In San Francisco, I think if he, if he gets hired there, they're going to be like, this is your team. You run it how you want to run it is, as a head coach. And I think that could be better for him. Maybe in Denver it was a situation where – because they were already established as a contender in the AFC, um, he was limited to what he could do, and maybe he wasn't very comfortable with that. Or, again, like I said, maybe he was just too young. So um, I think San Fran could be a good job for him, but, again, you know, I, I, just, know, I just don't know how his, if his ego has changed at all since he was head coach, you know, years
1: ago. Yeah, 33 years old as the head coach of the Broncos at the time. So you you look at that kind of thing as far as where he was in his career. Might have a big impact. Also, maybe a big impact is who's the quarterback. I mean, granted, you look at this guy, he's only had, you know, you know, Tom Brady is the guy. Um, maybe uh, outside of looking at the team, he's got to look at the personnel. And obviously, when you talk to the NFL, you talk about the most important position out on the football field, which would be a quarterback. So I think a lot has to do with also where he would end up. That's why I look at San Francisco with no quarterback or even prospect of a quarterback is not the place for him to end up going i I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. There's only, and, and it's not the best idea for them, but if there's a team that I'm going to, I'm going to the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to go there because why? Number one, you've got a quarterback that can be the guy that moves in there. I just, and there, With all things that are being said about Chuck McConnell, will he be there? Will he not? That would be one job I think I'd want. I mean, you got a pretty good owner who likes to spend money. you got a pretty good owner that gets the personnel. you got a pretty good you know, organization that knows how to win. Then look at the division. I mean, look at, if you look at the AFC West division, I mean, really, if you're worried about the Miami Dolphins in this playoffs, you shouldn't even be in the playoffs. That's a team that you should win and beat and regardless of what they've accomplished this year, it's Matt Moore at the quarterback as much as Sonny loves him some Matt Moore. I just know the guy personally. So Sonny knows and, and, and has some mad love from Matt Moore. That having been said, you know, no one worries about the Miami Dolphins in the in the East. It, it, a lot of teams worry about the Jets. Well, now Rex Ryan's not there. Is there really anything worried about with the Jets I or the, uh, the Buffalo Bills? No. Since the, he went from the Jets to the Bills, now he's gone. So, I think this is a prime division because the, the Jacksonville Jaguars—they're going to have another uh, head football coach. I, I don't know. You go down there—is that the right quarterback for Josh McDaniels? I think a personnel po- uh, position will be looked at big time when you think about Josh McDaniels on where he's going to go. Because at, even even the Jacksonville Jaguars should have a telephone call into Josh McDaniels. Well,
0: sure. I mean, he's an offensive guy, and I mean that's the. Strong suit of the Jacksonville Jaguars is their offense. I mean, you look at, um, you know, what what they have there. And I know you don't, you're not a big fan of Blake Bortles, Sonny, but I mean, you look at the year he had last year, not this year, but last year. That shows you he's got what it takes to to be a solid quarterback in the NFL. And you know, it, it's it just comes down to coaching. Does he have the right coordinator? Does he have the right coaching? And, I mean, McDaniels could potentially be that guy that helps him develop into a better quarterback.
1: I look at Blake Bortles, and what you said, it reminds me of of another guy that I don't like. Okay, and yeah, you look at the season before, and I just want everybody to be careful when you think about Blake Bortles, okay? Because what Cuervo was talking about two years ago was the end of the season, and at the end of the season, first of all, they didn't have a chance to play off. Second of all, they weren't playing teams uh, that were uh, any good, and also teams that weren't even playoff games. One. Such guy up in Cleveland and a Brian Hoyer did the same thing when he came back up off of injury, going up against teams that didn't matter, no playoff uh, squads or or anything like that, but yet he wins his last four games and he's a new hero in there. I want to see more of the Blake Bortles. I want to see the Jacksonville Jaguars win four games in a row before I anoint them at anything unless they get a, a, a good hire at the head coach. Was Gus was Bradley the right guy? Maybe at the beginning of the, you know, the whole thing. You know, maybe you've seen that. I didn't like the hire in the first place. I didn't think they had enough focus on the offensive side of the ball, which is where they needed it. So when you got a Josh McDaniels, who is that offensive guy, I'll feel a little bit better about Blake Bortles, but I'm not expecting the Jacksonville Jaguars to make the playoffs next year with Josh McDaniels at the, head, at the head coaching position. I want to see more from them before I anoint them on anything. And that's my team, folks. I'll, I'll, I've been bashing them for years, and I'm going to continue to bash them because they always have the potential, and they can grow into being a good team. It's time for him to grow up It's time for him to make that step forward Especially in the South So when you look at Josh McDaniels You know, I, I like the AFC South I, I'm not afraid of the Houston Texans Obviously I'm not afraid of the Jacksonville Jaguars and, I, you know, and the only other team that really You know, has a shot And that's because they try to Get their personnel better as the Tennessee Titans You can see them trying to improve Each and every year so I am looking there, man. I'm like I'm I don't know. What do you think? Indianapolis a good fit for him?
0: Uh well if the job was available maybe it could potentially be a good good position for him, but sounds like they're gonna keep Chuck Flagano for at least another year. What a mistake. Um, wow, what a mistake. Yeah, yeah I mean <laughs> it's it's uh you know, I, I, I think I think it was a situation where they kind of didn't blame Pagano because of the the injuries and, and the, the you know the inconsistency that was there. Uh but Yeah. I mean I don't I don't know how you don't blame the coach though either. I mean Andrew Luck played most of the season and he just Kelsey. it just I mean I, I guess they got one thing going for them. T T Y Hilton was the leading receiver in the NFL. He had the most receiving yards. So I don't know if that's anything to really say, but I mean, I, got to, I guess they got back to once again, but you know, as far as as far as Chuck Pagano as a coach, um, he gets one more
1: year. Sonny, I mean, there's really nothing yeah. else to say about it. Um, that's you know. that's that's too bad. I, I I heard rumors and rumblings about him getting one more year, and that that's that's one but that that's a tough one to take, um, especially for you know, Colt fans. Um, and this is a team that Will fire that guy midseason next year If they don't have uh, you know, Pretty much quick success out there uh, Starting in the next season Chuck Pagano is gone uh, Let's take a look at the games that are up on the slate here On the Couch Potato Sports Show Two games that are in the NFL uh, Let's head on over To the first one that's up on board um, I think it's probably the better game, or uh, uh, not the better game of the two. So it's nice to talk a little bit. Miami, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh at home, tough football team at home, Heinz Field. Um, and, and this game comes down to a field goal. I'm telling you right now, you don't if you if, if you're not a Pittsburgh Steeler, you don't want to be kicking the ball in Heinz Field. That's just one. It's just the way it is. Um, so if it comes down to a field goal, you can't feel good if you're a Miami Dolphin fan, Cuervo and. But I, I didn't even see this as a field goal game. I see Pittsburgh rolling on this team. Um, and, and last last week's game was one of the reasons why, um, you know, as, as far as where they are. Now, you can say whatever you want. Uh, Jay Ajayi, the main reason why they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers during the regular season, you can look at that. But I'm telling you right now, you give defensive coordinators some time, especially after they beat you, and especially if you're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jay Ajayi was going to be lucky to get 50, 60 yards today, and he's not getting into the end zone. That part's going to be pretty much figured out. It's what they're going to be able to do in the air, Cuervo, and that's where they put it on Matt Moore to try to win the football game. That's why I don't think, as much as I love Matt Moore, and if, every once in a while he actually listens to the show, and I love you, my friend, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're just a tough football team. There's no way that – I don't see Miami walking out of Heinz uh, Field with a victory in Pittsburgh today.
0: I, I don't either, it I I just think – I think there's too much offense on the Steelers' side for, for the Dolphins' defense to be able to slow down. You know, I mean, and, and on top of all that, I mean – Who's going to stop Antonio Brown? Byron Maxwell, arguably their best corner, not playing in this game today. That's a huge yeah. loss for them. It's all Big about matchups. Loss. And, you know, for, for Antonio Brown, I mean, this this guy could could have a field day with that
1: second day. And, and that's why we spent a little bit more time on Josh McDaniels here. Um, I see people going, hey, you said you were going to talk about the games. Let's get to it. This one is a tough one because, you know, it's a playoff game. You know, you go into thinking anything can happen. You know, the Dolphins, they got a 10-6 season this year. You know, you, know, you got to love that. They beat them, you know, 30-15, to 15, if I'm not mistaken, earlier in the year. Um, so there's lots of great side stories. But the fact that Tannehill went down against the Arizona Cardinals, and we haven't seen him since, um, and this team is going into the playoffs riding on uh, Matt Moore's coattails, it, it doesn't make you feel good. you like Jay Ajayi, you know, I mean, 200 yards, but that was also with Ryan Tannehill in the lineup, Cuervo, and that a, that's a big thing. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he gets intercepted, you know, in, in the game, you know, but will Matt Moore fall to that pressure that, you know, he doesn't see every day, but Ryan Tannehill sees every single day. So there's a lot, they, then the other side story, on Bell running the ball out of the back I'm gonna tell you where they'll win this game is it's, it's gonna be Levy and Bell. It's not gonna be, be them just turning around handing the ball. You're gonna see Levy and Bell get out of the backfield. Watch this guy in third uh second and third down Quervo. This guy's gonna just sneak out of the backfield. Miami isn't gonna have an answer to it because they gotta depend on other things that they gotta watch uh you know offensively the J.H.I.U. Jay, and or the um but uh, the the things like that. I, I just don't see how the Miami Dolphins, you know, defense, after, after trying to figure out they're not going to get anything with JHI, what, what they're going to do to this offense, they're going to demoralize it to where that's going to be a problem. And, and you look at Levy Le'Veon Bell, this guy knows how to demoralize any kind of defense just with a move in the open field. And that's where I think this game is going to be won. It's going to be Le'Veon Bell. He's going to be in the open field. They're not going to have an answer. They're not going to be able to bring him down fast enough to where it's not going to be a difference. You say, And, and I'm like they with you as far as what they're going to do on the outside with, with, uh, with Antonio Brown. But I think Le'Veon Bell has a huge game right up the middle against those football teams. Oh I do
0: too, Sonny. But you know, I, I think I'm I'm gonna take this this whole thing into a totally different direction. And and Okay. This may be this may be going to the left field, like way in the in the the Ivies at Wrigley Field of left field and you're gonna be like, where did that come from? But you know, just kinda bear with me here, Sonny. One thing I'm gonna be looking for in this game the, and, and the referees should be looking for the same thing, too, is up front. Especially when, when the Steelers have the ball, I'm concerned about Ndamukongsu's intentions. That's what Good I'm worried point. about. Because if what is Ndamukongsu known too, know about, Sonny? It, it, what is Ndamukongsu known as, Sonny? He's a, he's a dirty player, is he not? And yep. People have continued to say that, and somebody made a comment just a week ago or two weeks ago about how he's a dirty player. I'm concerned that if Indomitian 2 breaks off of that offensive line, gets into the backfield of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and, and I hate to say this because this is not the way the game this should be played, but it would not surprise me if Indomitian 2 has intentions on hurting, injuring either. Le'Veon Bell, or Ben Roethlisberger. And and that's not what this game should be about. But when you have a guy looking down with who's known for having that type of of, of uh, uh, approach to the game,
1: you can't yep, help a reputation. Think about
0: that. And a reputation. So I, I'm going to be looking to see, are the referees going to be looking? Are they going to be paying attention to what happens up there? I mean, it could be something as stupid as, uh, 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 an eye poke on an offensive lineman, something, something silly, but, but that's Sue's way of trying to take, get an advantage over the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line, the backfield, the quarterback. Um, you know, because if 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 a guy is hurt, then he obviously can't play. And and and, and I have a bad feeling that, that's something I'm going to be looking for. And I hope that the refs are looking for the same thing. When it comes to X's and especially O's, especially the big Yeah, and when it comes to X's and O's, honey, Pittsburgh has the advantage. They're just a better team overall. It, there, there's no, right. like, there's no other way to say it. But it's it's little things like that when you have guys like Sue, who has been known to to be a guy that goes out with the intent to hurt, the intent to injure. Uh, you know, this is it, it's the time of the year. Either you win or you go home. So. Yep. Yeah. And if you go home, you might
1: as well make it make it make it harder for the team that you played. Um. Yeah. And the big piles is where I'm worried about it. He went right where I was headed. Um. It, the the simple fact of the matter is, when you've got a guy like that that has the reputation of what he does. The officials have got to have their eyes out. I, and, and and we say this, Cuervo, we see this all the time. If we see it, God, we hope that at least the coaches should be able to figure it out. And uh, hopefully they'll keep their eye open for that because that will be huge. So, and, you know, I, I'm i sitting here thinking, you know, in a big pile, Sue on the bottom, he has an opportunity to turn an ankle, turn something. You know, I, I don't put it past him. And that's what happens when you get the reputation of being a dirty player. You just don't put it past them. Uh, you can't say, you know, this guy is not known to do it. I mean, if he, if, if this guy never done it before, we, we wouldn't have to worry about this. But it is. And if it's worrying in our mind, you would think that the coaches would have the same thing uh, in mind, especially if they're the Pittsburgh Steelers needing a Ben Loftus murder, needing a Bell to be productive in the rest of especially if they're going to go up and somehow beat the New England Patriots or the uh, Kansas State Chiefs.
0: Yeah, they're going to have to be completely healthy, Sonny. I mean, they can't afford to, especially with their big three on the offense, offensive side. I mean, they just can't, they absolutely cannot afford to lose any of those guys. Um, obviously, yeah. Roethlisberger is the big name, but I mean, you don't want to go without Le'Veon Bill or Antonio Brown either. So, you know, it's just something that I was thinking about where, um, you know, I mean, they're the obvious big, big three key elements of their offense. If you take one of them out, it slows them down.
1: Yeah, and who you? I mean, I I have Pittsburgh winning this game. Obviously, I Allah staying away from that devastating injury that could really turn the you know franchise around in the playoffs. Uh, but right now, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put it on the Steelers. You in the Steelers on this one.
0: Oh, absolutely, Sonny. I, I don't see. I, I don't. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout, but I mean, when you're talking about a team that just you know. I mean, we saw it yesterday with the Raiders. When you don't have your starting quarterback, uh, it, it, your chances of winning a playoff game drop dramatically. And that's what you saw Big with time. the Raiders yep. yesterday. So, same situation with Miami today. No running Tannehill. Uh, it's going to be tough, you know, nothing against Matt Moore. Uh, however, you know, it's 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 a situation where uh, – I just don't think I just don't, he doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the experience exactly. to go out there and win a game on the road no game tough. anyway. Was, yeah, he doesn't I don't it's he doesn't have the experience, Sonny, I mean, so unfortunately yeah. that's that's um the situation with the Dolphins and you know, forget about the game that they played <clears throat> in week whatever it was, week eight, nine, ten, whatever. Um you know, that Steeler defense you know, they just have that, that. Everyone has a bad game every now and then, and uh, yep. I, I don't see I don't see Jay getting past seventy five
1: yards today. I don't, I don't either. I, I, I don't them because they're going to pinpoint on the things that 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 they do well. And they, no offense against the Lions or the uh, Dolphins, they're doing a lot of things well. Uh, especially with the injuries on the defensive side of the ball, taking out their main guy over there. Now, what does that lead? That leads Jay Jayu. I, I don't see anything else. So it, it will be interesting to see how they handle it or who is going to be the next guy to step up if they are able to beat the the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not going to be – I mean, Jay Ajayu has something to do with it, but it's going to be someone else making the step up and becoming a big player, that, and then I just don't see who that's going to be. So – that having been said, that takes us into the next game here. An interesting game: eleven and five New York Giants on the road. Uh, the Green Bay Packers they get that home game as they beat the Lions in Week Seventeen. Uh, so they're at Lambeau, and there's nothing like Lambeau in playoffs. And that, that's just that that could be the definition of NFL football. Cuervo, is is that the playoffs and the home game is being played at Lambeau. You're on mute there, my friend, and I may have lost him, or I may have just yep, lost it I'm, myself.
0: I'm there here, sonny. Is. I'm here, sonny. Sorry about that. Yeah. <clears throat> so as the uh, as the great Chris Berman likes to say, the frozen time drive. You know, that's yeah. a, that's what you get to. That's what you get today in, in, in the afternoon game, and you know, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm a Packer hater. I am. I'm a Packer basher, whatever you want to call it. But I can't ignore the history either. I mean, you know, like you right. said, I mean, you know, Lambeau Field in the playoffs. I mean, there's so much history um, behind that, and, and and we get more of it today. I mean, this is this is the one game, Sonny, where I may have to pull out. It may not be the official couch potato quarter, okay? But it's a quarter, and I may have to flip it to see who I'm going to pick. How can you say
1: that with Eli Manning at the quarterback position? I'm sorry. You know, Eli, if Eli is a a guy that – should be the quarterback that who he is, or should be the quarterback that everybody thinks that he should be. Okay, this game they should be salivating that they're going into it with the defensive side of the Green Bay Packers. The problem is, is that the Green Bay Packers have been known to bring pressure to the quarterback. The, the where they have their problem is in the secondary. So it's going to be all about Eli Manning if if. If the Giants win this game, Eli Meade is getting the ball out of his hands. If he sits back there in the pocket, that could smell disaster for him. Number one, making bad decisions. Number two, if he's on the run, I just don't trust this guy. Yes, as much as you're a Green Bay Packers hater, I'm a New York Giant hater. And I hate them because they're so overrated because they got two Super Bowls with a sub- Okay, I, I, I don't want to say that because it's almost stupid. But with a guy that is a turnover machine, I'll just go there. I, I don't think he's as good as everybody thinks he is. I don't care he's number eight on the all-time passing list. All I do is look at interceptions, fumbles, and causing of turnovers. And that's what Eli Manning does. Now, that also being said, yes, they've ridden on their, their, their uh, momentum. They've done that in the past. I don't know this year. It it just seems that this is maybe a different football team because if you look at the Giants and how they've done it before, they've always had to come back and do it. This team was eleven and five, okay? This is a football team that if the, the the Dallas Cowboys just are not Winning every football game there'd be No question the New York Giants wins The division so we're we're Looking at a different football team that didn't have To ride momentum to make the playoffs They were going to make the playoffs that that was Pretty much set so I got a different Outlook as far as that because Even though they're in the playoffs I don't see a lot Of great big momentum for this team Going in there I see them going In there being an average football team But one thing I do Know is is that out of all of it, whether it's Eli Manning being who he is and I don't like, I got some mad respect for the defense on the side of the ball when it comes to the New York Giants, Cuervo.
0: I do too, Sonny, and that's that's the thing that keeps me from just saying, you know what, Green Bay at home. It's that defense. It's that defense of the Giants, and you know, we can can sit here and, and, and bash the offense all we want, but Here's the deal. Aaron Rodgers has the worst game of his of his season this year against the New York Giants. Even though the Packers won no game. All right, this is the playoffs. Um, you know, it's a so different. This has the feeling of the, the two teams that won the Super Bowl uh, as far as the Giants are concerned. It has the right. same feeling where the defense is playing at a high level at the right time. Eli is doing just enough. I'm not saying he's playing great, but he's doing just enough to, to win football games. And now he's got a guy like Odell Beckham Jr., who he's never had before in the playoffs. I think mean, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Green Bay. It's going to be real tough. That's why I'm so flip-flop on who I want to take.
1: You, you want to hear an interesting stat and in just more in the fact that when I was looking at this game and I was trying to find something to say, you know, you look at the Giants' pass defense. It, it's been awesome this year, without question. Uh, I think it finished second in the league in, uh, you know, the passer ratings and uh, Dominique uh, Rodgers-Camardi from the Arizona Cardinals, um, you know, in, in he, and then I think it's Collins. Uh, they finish in the top five in interceptions with Collins and uh Jenkins. They get to the Pro Bowl. That having all been said, with those three combining, they combined for 14 interceptions for the Giants. Okay. But the Giants were the only team to finish with more interceptions than touchdown passes allowed. Okay? That's what scares me about the Giants. Okay. They have more Interceptions than they have allowed Passing touchdowns That is incredible By the way and and that's when you look At this football team it reminds me Of the uh, Giants On their first Super Bowl ring When it was all about their defense And what they've been able to do And Eli Manning just managed the game And the defense won the football game for him And I look at those numbers But then I look at Aaron Rodgers When he has done hey you can say whatever you want he was pushed up into the MVP candidate by going to that 6-0, and granted, they weren't against great teams at all, but you can say whatever you want. This guy pretty much took this team from being completely out of the playoffs, not more than six weeks ago, and one loss away from not being in, and pretty much put the team on the shoulders, that injured shoulder he has because they've been doing it forever, put them on their shoulders yet again to run the table to win their final six games. He threw 15 touchdown passes, no interception, and a touch, a quarterback rating of 122.8 in that 6-0 run. One of these they're going to give here today. I don't know if it's the Giants defense or will Aaron Rodgers go back to the first games, the first 12 games, the one where people were concerned about Aaron Rodgers. Is that the same Aaron Rodgers? Do we get that same Aaron Rodgers back or does he continue to carry this football team yet again and ordered for him to get a win in the wild card. And you're right, Guervo. I understand why you got the quarter getting set to flip it. I completely understand it. But I look at the quarterback positions as well, okay? Looking at these teams, Aaron Rodgers, especially in the last six games, has been the better quarterback without question uh, within the last six games. Now, the defense, their defense has to show it up. But if you're going to get an extra 14 points because of who your quarterback is instead of a possibility Of a pick six. When I look at the quarterback position, and that's usually who's going to win the game. And not only that, guys, but when you think about what football is, which is playoffs in Lambeau, that just fits with the Packers being able to get the victory here today.
0: It does fit. You're right, and you know, I mean, it's it's a tough one. I mean, I'm looking at their schedules right now, and yeah, I mean. Boy, oh, boy. One, two, three, four. Yeah, six in a row. So, they were – the Packers were four and six at one point. They won six games in a row.
1: And they were writing them off, were. I I, I was writing them off at the beginning of the year. I didn't think they would because of the shoulders that this guy carries. I mean – I, you know, and I, for the last three years, he's proven me wrong sooner or later it's going to happen. This the, this Packer team isn't going to make the playoffs because Aaron Rodgers can't carry the team unless they shore up something in that secondary that makes them better. And right now, they just don't have it.
0: They don't have it. You're right. And and that's
1: going to be a, an issue is, is – Oh, know, no, Beckham, there's a the He's foaming at the mouth here today for that secondary. We're not yeah. going to see Odell. Oh, yeah. I, I, so Odell Beckham is not going to be on the, going on the sidelines. Odell Beckham will be in the middle where the secondary is the weakest, and that's where we're going to see Odell Beckham. Right. He's going to get yards here today, Cuervo, but it won't be on the sidelines. It'll be right there in the middle where the biggest weakness is, and if they don't attack it, that'll be yet another reason why the New York Giants don't win this football game.
0: Yakety-yaks, honey. Uh, y- you love you some Yakity today. Absolutely. You're going to get it from Odell Beckham Jr. He's the best at it in-, in the game today. Better Better than Antonio Brown. Yes, I said it. Better Absolutely. Antonio
1: Brown. I Brown. And I hate this a, guy. I hate this guy. I don't want him to be better. I don't want him better to be Antonio Brown. Uh, but guess what he is. You're absolutely like Cuervo. And, and the simple so, fact of the matter is, is that, and that that's where personality gets involved with, you know, how I feel about players. I don't like Odell Beckham, but I can surely respect what the guy has been able to do. The only thing is it's the guy that's delivering the ball. To them, if they, I think that they had a better quarterback. I think we see a, you know, a, a game where the the Giants have a better shot at it. And, but a lot of people are going, well, Sonny, you're crazy because the, you know, they got a two-time winning Super Bowl at the quarterback position with Eli Manning, and yet I get it. But yet that could, I, I see it, and I understand what people are saying, but yet. I look at the, the weakness of this team. I don't look at too many other things out there, Cuervo. The weakness I mean, the offensive line for this Giants team is good, Cuervo. The offensive line for the New York Giants gives Eli Manning time to make bad decisions. Okay? And when they do, and when, when Eli Manning is running for his life, it's after three seconds, Cuervo. Their job is three seconds, Period. Do your job. Give you like maybe three seconds he needs to deliver the ball.
0: Yeah, that's all he really needs. But a couple of things you mentioned, Sonny. I'll, I kind of want to expand on it a little bit, if you will. For, for what, what it's, worth, it's worth, okay, Green Bay 16 lose, or winning streak go, going into the end of the season. Here are the teams that they beat. Just for what it's worth, yep. you can take it as okay, they weren't very good, or hey, that's pretty impressive. Philadelphia, on the road. Houston, at home. Seattle, at home. The Bears, on the road. And they almost lost that game, by the way. The Bears almost came back to one. Minnesota, at home. And Detroit, on the road. Now, I'll tell you, the biggest win that they had was against the Seahawks, at home. Um... By twenty eight points, okay. Now that was when you know the, the the defense was a little beat up. They had just lost Ray Thomas, and they didn't have a running game. I think Seattle found their running game again last night. Maybe it was just a running yep. game, but it but it looked damn good. It looked damn good last night. So.
1: Yep. Uh, But there we go. If you look at those final six, Square in those final six, three of them are playoff teams, and Minnesota should have been a playoff. Right. So, uh, you know, a. so yeah, I see what you're saying. You say is either impressive or not. Uh, the the Eagles started off really good, uh, obviously with the rookie quarterback. But guess what? The defense coordinators figured that out fairly quickly. Not in the playoffs. So and the Chicago Bears, like you said, almost beat them. They, they had to, if I remember correctly, they had to hold them Bears off in that fourth quarter. So yet. Their defense had to do the job there, if I'm not mistaken. If I remember that game correctly, it was at the end of the game where the defense had to do the job. So, yes, uh, you know, I look at it, and, and as much this, this is going to pain me to say it, because I don't want this team to win. I'm actually going completely different than what people would think I would. I think the Giants are going to win this football game. And the and the main reason, and the huge main reason will be because of that defense. That defense is going to get in there and get the job done. Here's the thing. Eli Manning doesn't have to be spectacular. His teammates have to be spectacular. He needs to get something from the running game. He needs Odell Beckham to take the step up. Now, he's got to deliver the ball. Let's get serious. Now, he can deliver the ball as long as he's not under pressure. So this is really going to be – the whole reality of this game is going to come down to the offensive line for the Giants, and I think they know this. And I, I would think they would – I hope they would know it. The offensive line for the Giants has got to be spectacular. And when I look at the Green Bay Packers, Cuervo, up front, I don't worry about them. I'm sorry, this is not a football team where you worry about a team getting to the quarterback as much. Now, they yeah. can – But they run different stunts and things of that sort in order to get to the corner. But straight up, they're not getting to the quarterback off of this offensive line. As much as it pains me to say this, I think the Giants are going to win this game. And I think they're going to put a little float in the boat here. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, say whatever you want. This is going to be a different type of pressure than he received for those last six games that you're talking about. And Aaron Rodgers, as much as I like him, you know, you know, this guy can throw an interception here and there. If you get enough pressure on him and you, you put a little worry in the back of his mind, that's where you can kind of get him. But if they get off to a quick start, you see the Greenback Packers running away with it. But uh, that defense, Cuervo, I'm going on the other side. I hate to even say this, but I'm picking the Giants to win this football game this afternoon. That that pains me to say. Well, I mean,
0: I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards the suit, and it's not because of a pack, me being a Packer hater, it's just you know, like you said. I mean, the defense is good. Um, Eli is a different guy in the playoffs. I mean. he really is. I, I, mean, I will even that, give
1: him that. He
0: uh, he's, he's a, he elevates his game. I don't know what it is, and now he's got, like I said, arguably the best receiver in the game on on his team. Something he's never had before. Okay, let's 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 focus on that for just a second, yep. that point of Eli Manning, what he, you know, we, we praise Tom Brady for what he did. Eli Manning won Super Bowls, drove down the field won Super Bowls with guys like Mario Manningham, David Tyree, classical yep. Yep. Burris who couldn't, you know, who shot himself in the at game that game, time, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, and, and Burris was pretty good, but it was probably yeah, I and mean, it's not like it's not like Eli had a Randy Moss, or he, it's not like Eli had, um, you know, a a, Gron- a Gronkowski on his team. He's never had that before. Brady's had those guys, and, and 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 so the fact that he's got an Odell Beckham Jr., a guy that he can, I, I I mean, I don't think he should lock in on him, but if he needs a big catch, he can go to him. And let's not sleep yeah. on Victor Cruz Sonny. I, mean, I don't I don't know how injured Victor Cruz is but this is a guy that you know has won a Super Bowl with Eli and you know let's if he's playing then forget about him But another, another thing I wanted to talk about real quick is I know cuz we're about to hit the uh the end of the show you know defensive player of the year I don't know who you think it is but can you make the argument for a guy with 125 tackles and five interceptions? Landon Collins is a pretty good choice for Defensive Player of the Year for the oh, yeah. Giants.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, and and that and that's why you got to take a step out of it, and and I, I got to get past my Eli hate. They're not going to win the game because of Eli. It's going to be because of, because of other players, and he's one of them.
0: Right. So I, I don't remember – I don't know how many sacks he has, but I just see – I saw the tackles and the interceptions, but I'm sure he's got a handful of sacks too. Yeah. To play, be able to play so. at that level at the safety position, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know, Sonny, I haven't seen a guy at that level – Of play since guys like John Lynch, since guys like, um, you know, I mean Brian Dawkins, the late Sean Taylor. I mean that's the level that Mm -hmm. he's starting to perform at. Yeah. uh, So 125 tackles, four sacks, uh, you know, five interceptions. um, You know, one one was for a touchdown. So I mean this guy's a playmaker, Sonny, and, and, and that's something that. That concerns me. If, if I'm a Packers fan, you, you better know where, where he is at all times or else he could, I mean, he could take some guys out.
1: Yeah, that, and, and that also, if you take a look at it, uh, Spagnola. See Spagnola I mean, on the defensive side of, uh, of the football field. You can say whatever you want about this guy, but Steve, uh, Steve Spagnola is one of the reasons why. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he the head coach on one of those Super Bowl uh, teams there? Well, he was, he was coordinator for both Super Bowl teams. Okay, coordinator. So you also get – and he goes away, he comes back. So that just goes how so much they love him.
0: Yeah, well, and for good reason. I mean, look at how much better this defense has got over the past – Three years, big time. Been back with the Giants, big time. I mean, I, I said it two years ago. I said the Giants are going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. They're going to get back to what they were because of Stagnola, and it took a little bit longer than I expected. But you know, I think I think it was a situation where they needed some playmakers again. Once Strahan and, uh, and uh, Osio Minora left, and all those guys, you know, now you got Oliver Vernon. You've got, uh, you know, Pierre Paul when he's healthy. you got Landon Collins. I mean, there's do, do, the Giants. It's got that feel again, Sonny, about, you know, how, how it was when they won those two Super Bowls. So I think I'm convinced I, I, I'm going to take the Giants in this game. I,
1: the Giants are going to win. I think they are too, not really, again yeah, yeah, I hate to pick them um, the, More than the fact, but You know, say what you want, yes Meg Miller was the head coach of the Rams And that's where Fisher came in after that, so that's Where, where I was thinking about the head coach But, uh, yeah, uh, interesting Stuff there as far as what, what's Going on in it, it's going to be a good one we can kick off in about five minutes there, Cuervo Yeah, Five minutes to kick off um, You know, it
0: looks, like, it looks like these teams Are ready to go, and You know, get ready for some more playoff football soon. This is one of the best times of the year.
1: Yep, it's going to be a good one. So it, it, that's uh, that, that's uh, and next week's going to even be better. So that that's the huge things going up there. So we'll see what happens here as we only did an hour and a half, but that's all good. The only two games and we talked a lot. You know, we talked about uh, certain players, we talked about coaches, we talked about the games, we talked about a lot here uh, in there as far as the games were concerned here today. So it's going to be a good one next week. it's going even going to be better. Uh, Games on Saturday and Sunday. Cuervo, you're going to hate Sonny Clark, okay, as with uh, some new responsibilities that I have next week. Um, I'll talk to you about off air Um, We're not going to be able to do this Unless we do this on a Thursday night Uh, So um, Actually mark that because I work Thursday night We're going to have to figure out how we're going to get up On air and talk about these games We might be able to do it Saturday night We'll miss the Saturday games uh, In order to talk about it But I'll I'll talk to you in a couple minutes off air My friend Okay sounds good Sonny We'll make it work All right, so that's good. You betcha. That's what's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We are out of here. Hope everybody has a good game, a good day watching the games. We'll talk to you when we come back. Hopefully, next week. Hopefully, we'll be able to get up on the air. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye.